Thanks for tuning in to the Boiler Express podcast. Join us each week as we dive into all things Purdue sports. You'll hear in-depth analysis of our previous and upcoming games, as well as interviews with players and people involved in the Purdue sports fandom. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and YouTube for our live stream shows as well. Welcome back to another episode of the Boiler Express podcast. We've got the whole crew here tonight. Um, before we get into anything, though, of course, I want to shout out our partnership with Big Banner Sports. You can check them out on BigBannerSports.com. Check them out on Twitter. Um, they're probably on all the socials that I can't think of right now. Um, Martin Vintage, check them out as well. Use code BXP at checkout for 10% off. Uh, Cincy Blitzboards, check them out as well. Great game for family, tailgates, parties, anything, you name it. Bar mitzvahs. Um, bar mitzvahs, uh, Kwanzaa, Christmas, everything you could think of. Uh, you know, it, it's a great holiday gift as well. So, Baptisms. and they're, they're very customizable. Um, you know, you, you can, as you can see, my Blitzboard, Dylan's, Russ's, they're all very different from each other. Uh, they're very customizable to whatever you want. Um, and also want to give a huge shout out to our newest partnership with College Basketball Analytics. Uh, I want to send a big thank you over to Frank, uh, the stat tank for this one. Uh, worked his magic and was able to get us this partnership. Um, so now not only is Frank's brain already, uh, you know, three times the normal size um, with this information at his fingertips. It, it, it's um, if you've ever seen Jimmy Neutron growing up, the episode where Sheen. Uh, you know, he, 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 something he has, like, he, he wants to be smart. And so he like puts something on his head and it, he grows like exponentially huge and they try to take over the world. That's probably what's going to happen. I don't know how much time we have left, but college basketball analytics. Thank you, uh, for this partnership. Um, thank you for making Frank's brain even bigger. I'm excited to hear just the, uh, the side of basketball that, you know, the untrained eye, as our beloved coach says, uh, doesn't see. So um, excited to get on all get into all of that tonight. Um, and so uh, to kind of go in order here, we had two games this uh, since we last met. We had Northwestern on Friday, I believe it was, and then we had uh, Iowa last night. Um, obviously, Northwestern we didn't pull it out. Lost a lost a tough game in overtime, where Northwestern just shot very well, um, even with you know pretty contested shots. Which uh, I don't know what it, it wasn't college basketball analytics, but Frank shared some um analytic page that showed that purdue wasn't playing bad defense they were just hitting lights out uh northwestern was there uh yeah that was from a game that was from shot quality um so they're they're an analytics outfit who actually like measures how how good or bad each shot is and according to them purdue defended them very well just northwestern just hit hit some pretty tough shots just one of those games, um, but Purdue turned it around on Monday uh, against Iowa, which we'll get into as well. Um, but guys, uh, I mean, you saw how Twitter was or X uh, after the Northwestern game. So I guess before we get into that, though, what was your thoughts like during the game? Obviously, it wasn't a game. It, it didn't go the way we wanted it to. But like, what were your thoughts during the game? What uh, Somebody take it over here. <laughs> well, I was never comfortable, honestly. Um, even I think uh, what was the biggest lead we had? Was it? It, it was, was like over 13. 10, right? Yeah, yeah, 12. 12 I, I wanted to say 12, 12, 13. Um, so, like, my, when my wife and I, we watch games together, she'll, like, uh, try to get underneath my skin or something or, like, say, like, something pro the other team. And she's like, oh, they're going to come back. They're going to come back. Yeah, they're going to come back. And tonight, and then that night, I was like, I wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, as we talked about last week, I was a little a little concerned about the game. And I even threw in the caveat, if we win the game if we take care of the ball. 
uh, you know, and, and we hit some outside shots, which unfortunately we didn't do a great job of either uh, in that game. But like I said, Northwestern's a team that likes to, or that doesn't like to, they actually do just double the post no matter who they're playing. Um, so they're used to, you know, rotating out of that. They're used to uh, kind of scrambling to make sure there's no open shots are created off of that. So, yeah, just it was that, you know, in conjunction with them playing way above their season average in terms of offense and Purdue playing a little bit below their season average in terms of defense and turning it over at the same rate that we have pretty much all season. But the inflated per game numbers were there because of the overtime. But, yeah, it was just the perfect storm, you know, unfortunately. Um, honestly, I thought the officiating was was pretty good as a whole outside of that that offensive foul, that Lance Jones fifth foul that should have been an offensive foul in my opinion, but you know, outside of that, they did a really good job. Um, but hats off to Northwestern. It was just a really well-played game on their end. Boo Booey hit some really tough shots. Um, you know, he was 10 for 20 from the floor, which in my, my memory of the game, it seemed like he didn't miss at all. So that was pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, someone else, any, any more thoughts? So like the whole time I was just kind of on edge about the whole thing. Um, just because what we talked about, like just – Northwestern here in the last few years has kind of turned into Rutgers a little bit when it comes to just kind of getting under skin and being a problem. Um, but that said, I think we saw from the Iowa game, we learned a lot. Um, and we've responded the way we should from a loss like that. Um, it seems like the guys took it to heart. So. I would say the the thing that made me the most angry post game, talking about Twitter and the way we people reacted, was the fact that they they took the low hanging fruit and they took the the answer of the people that that don't know the game well, and just said, oh, obviously, you know, Braden Fletch aren't mature enough. They are, we haven't figured out guard play. We 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 don't know how to play their guards well. You know, our guards haven't maybe made that full next step. Whatever. But if you look at this year compared to last year. Our guards played much, much better this year against Northwestern than last year. I mean, if you look at their output, you know, I think it was Braden Fletch and Morton were the starting one, two, and three positions last year. They combined for 17 points. Fletch had 17 alone in this game. Lance added another 10 with five rebounds, and Braden went 12, 7, and 9, almost getting another triple-double. It was really our, our bigs that didn't provide a lot of support. It also turned it over a lot. So you talk about how much Braden handles the ball. And he had six turnovers in the game. Between Trey Kaufman-Wren and Mason Gillis, they had five turnovers between the two of them. You know, and think about how little they handle the ball compared to Braden. And the three bigs outside of Edie combined had only 11 points. So we need a little bit more from our support bigs, I think, in a game like that. I don't think our guards did, did poorly at all. Yeah, the fan base definitely was on the brink of disaster it seemed they're like running around like their damn hair was on fire and it, it for me man it's like uh you know what are the chances college basketball teams going defeated like i you know it's not something you see a lot and and they just they went from like everything's great number one in the country just did you know the maori tournament won that and then oh my god we lost to northwestern again the world's ending and it's all over and purdue's never going to win another game all year and zachy's gonna you know it was a disaster. Twitter was such a disaster after the game. And I, you know, I don't, and I get losing is not fun, especially when you're in the position and it was kind of a shadow of last year. And I get that, but Holy crap, people like take a deep breath. Like Carson Edwards with him and the, uh, him and the gift with the harms where he's just like, chill out, relax, take a deep breath. Everything's fine. 
and they showed that against Iowa. They, the the bounce back against Iowa has me feeling really good. Um, and the so, the nonsense up against like Painter and yeah, and some of the people saying that he got out coached by Chris Collins and yeah. stuff like that was just like ignorant. Like if you look at those two plays he drew up to tie the game, those were amazing plays. And he's amazing a good coach. Drugs. Yeah. It, like, it, it, did he so draw those up or just, did PJ draw those up? Because isn't PJ kind of in charge of the offense now? At this well, point? PJ's PJ's calling the offense, but yeah. And, and and so when they said that, I thought that meant that he was like deciding what plays. But I think he is by calling the offense. I think he is the one communicating the play. Is what that actually means. Uh, so, he's got okay. the whiteboard and yeah. So the play the play call comes from someone else. But so he like Hayner's the offensive coordinator. PJ's the guy with the PJ's the artist, the, the whiteboard on artist. Yeah, yeah, um, he's the so whiteboard. And, and and no disrespect, he literally PJ, draws it up. Huge PJ fan, but I think so, yeah, yeah, literally draws it up. Yeah. <laughs> to add to what Dylan said there too about the undefeated thing, you know, old school Big Ten fans, of course, know that the recipe to win a Big Ten basketball conference championship is win all your home games in conference, win half your road games in conference, and you should be in the mix at the end of the year. So that kind of implies that if you're playing a top half of the Big Ten on the road, it's going to be a tough game that you really shouldn't yeah. be expected to win. And I consider Northwestern not just a top half, but maybe a top five team in the conference. They're great. Year. They're a really good team. Boo Boo, he's unbelievable. Yeah. I love saying his name, too. I was watching the game at my mom's because <laughs> I was helping her with the Christmas tree and all that. And she's like, wait, that kid, that kid's name is Boo Booey? And she couldn't stop saying it all night. It's fun to say. Shout yeah. out to Dad. And that's where I think people have, like, some – recency amnesia yeah in that like northwest this isn't the same northwestern that won like three games in conference 10 years ago yeah like this was a they were 57th in ken palm going into the game like they're a really good team well-rounded yeah and also too if you guys want to check out uh frank and i've started doing this kind of pod on sunday night where we talk about things outside of the purdue realm you know top 25 big 10 power rankings that kind of thing one of the things I brought up was last week, the top 10 teams lost nine games. Yeah. Right. So eight of the top 10 teams lost a game last week, but yet everybody's saying Purdue should fire Painter. So that means, okay, so that means 80% of the top 10 should be firing their coach. Like, come on now. If, if Purdue fires Painter, who in the right, who in the hell is going to replace him? That's why I don't get with these people when they're like, fire Painter. Like, okay, fine. Who are they going to hire? Who would, yeah. who, who's better than Painter right now? And look I at IU. Know. Look at IU post Bobby Knight. Look at Louisville yeah. post Petrino. Yeah. You know, when you fire I mean, those Urban Meyer's not doing anything program, right now. He's always the coach that, that people go for. Yeah. Let's Petrino. hire Urban. Yeah. 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 Petrino. I want to jump in here real quick because I'm not getting any, I'm not, I'm, I got to fight my way in here to empathize with the fan base. It is extremely frustrating to beat very some of the best teams in the country and then go to Chicago and play a middle-of-the-pack Big Ten team. I'm going to say Northwestern is a middle-of-the-pack. They are projected to go 10-10 and 10 in conference play. They're not, even, they're, they're not even projected. They're like lower on the end of the Big Ten teams to make the tournament this year. They lost to Mississippi State, who is not a very good basketball team. So I understand people's frustrations this year. Uh, or with that game it's very frustrating to see your team do so well against such good teams go to northwestern and then just fumble the back that's extremely frustrating and i, I don't think and i and i also want to know who is on twitter saying that we were going to go undefeated this year i've not seen anybody on twitter being like purdue should have gone undefeated blah blah blah, blah. 
I've not seen that anywhere uh, at, at all. And, and I, I just don't think that's a majority of that's, the fan base. I that's think that's the like a very small the, crowd. And I'm okay, go ahead. That's the inc implication like the, of every of every loss is, oh, well, we shouldn't have lost this game. We're going to lose games. And I've said it from the start that Big Ten conference play, Chris Collins has seen us for the last six years, twice a year. He knows what Painter's going to do, and he knows how he's going to do it. Guys, that's why guys like Few and um, Duke and all these other teams we've played who don't see us don't know what we're going to do. But when you've got teams that, you know, Tom Izzo's seen Matt Painter for the last 20 years. Like, he's going to know what Painter's plan is. I mean, shit, I know what Painter's plan is. I'm not a damn coach. So what's the difference then between a just because I mean they they can watch film so what like uh, what's the difference between like if you can know what they're going to do how is a team like like Gonzaga or whoever not going to know what Painter's going to do well because they because, don't prepare for him yeah, every single year that and you don't yeah. have you don't have a guy like Zach Eady that you because it is easy to say, hey, we're going to do this against Zach Eady when you've never seen him. But when you've got a team and a coach that has seen him so often for the last three years, that makes it a lot di more difficult. Well, then coaches look at not just who you're playing the next week or the week after that. They look at the conference as a whole. You know, like we sure we won't play Michigan for a few weeks, but I'm sure Painter has watched, you know, not an entire game, but snippets of games of each conference opponent and stuff like that. So it's yeah, and there's, I don't know. right. I'm just there's saying I, I I understand why the fan base was upset, and I think it's ridiculous that people are obviously if you have people saying like fire painter and all that stuff, like that's crazy. But like I think it's okay to be upset after losing to Northwestern, who I'm gonna say and maybe and I will be gladfully wrong, but I think they're in middle of the pack Big Ten team. I don't think they're gonna finish top, you know, top of the top half. Um, so I understand well, no, people why people have a right are upset. to be upset. You're right, because right. like we're 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 the best. Team We're supposed to be an elite team. We're we have the national player of the year, a guy who's averaging sure. twenty seven points, thirteen rebounds, and we we he had thirty five points. Should have had fifty. Could have had fifty if he would have hit a lot of shots down the stretch. Yeah. And we still lost, and we still had guards with ten plus points. So I understand well, why people two, are mad. Two of their bigs were fouled out in in overtime. Well, there's there's more nuance to them so just you, being you know, a you got points. Quote, I, right here I am. I'm helping you out. So dog. I I call the I call Northwestern. I think they're a top five team in the Big Ten, for one. But the second part of that is you can't just say, well, as a team, this is what they are. Because Boo Booey is probably going to be an All-American or at least in the discussion for an All-American guard. And when you have a guard like that, it doesn't matter who he's playing on a given night. If he's going off, they're going to have a good chance to win that game. They're probably going to win that game, especially when they're at home. You know, And guard play, sports as a whole is inconsistent, right? Edie doesn't go off for 35 points every game, right? But – same with Boo Booey. Boo Booey's not going to drop 30 plus every night. But if he's fired up, especially like a team like Purdue, right? Everybody's going to give us their best shot, right? They're going right, to camp right. out for our game. They're going to they're going to game plan for our game. They might ignore two or three other games like a Mississippi State. They might not be able to spend as much time preparing for them, but they want to knock off Purdue. You know, that's a program building a recruiting bonus win. So they're going to spend way more time on us than we probably are on them. You know, so we, that's why you have to kind of expect some of the things that happen, especially on the on the road in conference, and a team that has an All American guard. 
Yeah, so, I'm just saying I understand why people are upset about the no, loss. No, for sure. I, no, they, and, yeah, I mean, and, no one, no one wants to lose. Like, uh, but yeah. I think, I think the like, and and you're, I mean, no one, you're right. No one's on Twitter saying like, oh, we were, we were gonna go, we were gonna go undefeated or anything like that. But I think the actually, like, I, I, I should have, I, I should have saved some of these and we could have talked about them on here. But I saw things like I'm sick and tired of do of dealing with this every single year. I'm done. Like I can't, I can't. That, 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 burn, that burn from last year is just still right there. Unfortunately, yeah. it just is. Like yeah, it's a it very is. fresh yeah. wound. So it's just, and it's the guys that I know. Obviously, they've they've taken the off season to to improve and grow. And there's new players on this team, but there's also a ton of guys who were on that team last year. So I think that's why there's so much association with how this team plays on a game by game basis. It's going to be very critical because Purdue is supposed to be an elite team. So everybody's going to be looking at them with a giant magnifying glass and and harping on them way more than than anybody else so that's just that that comes to the territory it's just like how it's just how uh yeah absolutely people need to settle down and and not jump the ship but it's just like like obviously we don't have the national championships to back it up but purdue basketball is like the alabama or ohio state of college football like the fans will riot for Losing held, one game held to a high standard, yeah, 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 absolutely held to the a bar, high standard. The bar is set high. Painter yeah, but has Alabama an elite football team. can still he's... lose games and make the fourteen playoff, though, so that's fine. <laughs> that's... And, no, and Dam- he... Damon, you make really good points here. You really do, and that, and that like Purdue's expectations are high. But just to just to like put some like like yeah, you're right. Northwestern may be a middle a middle of the pack Big Ten team, but you know as Russ said, Boo Booey. I mean, he's. Oh, he's so elite. Northwestern. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah, he's elite. I mean, and Northwestern's a very experienced team. I right. Ty Berry's a senior. Langborg's a senior. He's a transfer, but he's played and he's played in the Sweet Sixteen before. Barnheiser's a junior. I mean, uh, Matthew Nicholson, their tallest player at seven foot, who guarded Edie a lot of the night until he fouled out. He he's a senior as well. So the you know these guys have played a lot of basketball, and as we know in college basketball, seniority and experience matters a lot. But it, it's um, you know ultimately. Northwestern got away from just running offense and they just started play, saying, okay, we're going to let our best player go. And we're, we're going to give the ball to Boo Booey and we're going to get an isolation for him. And we think Boo Booey is better than the guy guarding him. And, and he's going to go. It's a very, you know, pro style approach to the game, kind of like we do with Zach Eady. And yeah. it's, I mean, and, and, and that's, that's the type of team that we could, we could end up facing in the tournament. But to address this this comment here, we had a second. You know, uh, Cody said how I see, how I see it is it's better oh, to lose one now than later this year. You know, I think that that ultimately we're probably a better team because of this because that was a nice. I mean, we saw we saw a guy do the same thing against Kentucky this week. There was a guy who was taking terrible shots, fadeaway contested jumpers in the paint, and all of them were going in. I mean, it, it just mm-hmm. so a really experienced guard, uh, you know who who has been in college for five years, like Boo Booey has can just has the ability to do that. And unfortunately there's not much you can do about it. And we saw, you know, we tried to hedge him and he just passed it and found the open shooters. I mean, they, they shot 50% from three. Um, so it was just a, it was just kind of a, uh, a statistical outlier, you know, so to speak, yeah. but yeah, I mean I think- it, like the, like no one wants to lose. Right. But I, I think that there was a bit of a, of a, of an extreme overreaction. It was interesting. Cause I, I looked at the, the, the the Kentucky Twitter after that Kentucky loss and like I was expecting to see the same thing I was expecting to see like fire the coach like this team's done same thing every year and it was interesting that like a lot of the fans were just like ah we gotta we gotta get this figured out but like good luck next game we'll get this turned around I was I was shocked because I'm just so immersed in this Purdue fan base now um, that I'm I expect so much negativity but yeah I mean I think that I don't think we beat Iowa in the same fashion if uh, if we don't have that loss to Northwestern per se but 
you know, I think it was interesting to see the players after the game. None of them seemed angry. They all seemed level-headed and just ready to get to the next game. Um, I think the thing that uh, upset me the most is like the entire damn fan base ran around like their freaking hair was on fire. And like, relax, we're going to have a bad, we're going to have an off game. We're going to have a bad game. That's, that's my whole point behind it is that like, like, oh, here it goes again, this, that, and the other thing. Okay. I understand that we turned over the ball and that was a problem. I get that. But we basically shot almost the same from three and had half the turnovers. And at one point we're up 34 points by against Iowa. And I think Northwestern's a better team than Iowa. And they're more well-rounded than Iowa. Iowa's all, all offense, no defense. Northwestern's decent at both. So, so what I'm trying to get at is that like, you're going to have those off nights. It just is what it is. But the whole fan base just flipping out. I'm like, come on, man. We got to relax. Like, just chill out. It's not that big a deal. Like, we're, and it's not that people were saying we were going to go undefeated, but like, when we lose, people act, yeah, people act like that's what we we're going to do. And it's yeah. like, nah, man, we weren't going to go undefeated. We're going to have a loss here and there. Shit, we might have five by the end of this, by the end of Big Ten play. Well, we should we should relish we should relish in the fact that people are still storming the court against just just beating Purdue results in a court storm and that's a great place to be as what was that ed stat you had every away game every way loss i I believe every true road loss he's experienced has resulted in a court storming in the last three seasons because rutgers trying to think rutgers maryland twice at northwestern um I have to double check that, but I'm pretty sure he, he said that in a press conference. Like IU, he said that in a press conference last year. He's like, now I'm used to it now. People storm yeah. the court when they beat us. So like what a what a place to be. And like and the, the only thing we don't have is the postseason success to show. But like we we are in a place now where beating Purdue at home in general results in a court storming. Do you know how many court stormings I've seen happen at Mackey in my lifetime in person or on TV? One oh, wow, yeah. zero. Uh, I've seen Wisconsin when, Robbie's yeah. Oh, you're right. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, that was it. That was coming off of a a few really bad seasons. So one, one time. And I've seen twice, two, two in Northwestern, two seasons in a row. Rutgers, you know, yeah, we we saw it against IU, which IU, a team that's won five championships, they shouldn't be storming the court for any win. Little brother, Mackey Arena also just makes it really hard to storm the court. There's like no way, no good way to get down the. That's true. That's very true. (laughs) Kind of a pit. Yeah, you're putting yourself on the line. There's been several (laughs) attempts. You just don't see the fans that face plant off the railing, and everybody goes, "No, I'm not trying that." And maybe this is where I got a little bent too. Was that when people were like, "Oh, this is the same thing over again," blah blah blah, with this team, it's not. We're top 10 in defense. We're top five in offense. I can't yes. remember the last time we've been top 20 in both, let alone top 10 in both. Well, and for comparison, during Jaden Ivey's final remembers. season, during Jaden Ivey's final season, uh, the year that we went to the Sweet 16, lost to St. Peter's, we were like 92nd in defense that season. Yeah, we had no um, defense, dude. I mean, what yeah, was it? Jay, we played Jay Nichols Davis and they dropped like 84 points on us or something. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, whatever Nichols. It was. that was Nichols. that was the eye-opening game. Yeah, so yeah. here we have a yeah. comment here from Cody. Uh, here's the thing, fellas. Northwestern found our weak points and they capitalized them. But how we came out against Iowa and basically said to the fan base, we're the same team that is going to fight for a damn win. Agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I, I agree uh, somewhat, but, but I, I think I talked to you, Frank, too, that 
it's not really a secret. It's not really people finding out our weak points. It's the same it's recipe to beat any elite team is you've got to you've got to force turnovers, you got to take care of the ball, you got to hope we don't hit threes and you got to shoot lights out from three. You have to make like it dirty. That's pretty much yeah, that's pretty much the recipe. And you got to foul the crap out of us to force those turnovers and just hope they don't call everything. Like yeah, teams know that that's too, what you can do against us, but we just shoot the free throw so well and we can we can actually hang on to the ball better than what people think. That's why we are able to still win so many games. I think too that just it's I think too a lot of maybe a lot of it or maybe some of the uh, good like reason that maybe so emotionally charged the responses because you know the game ended very similarly to last year and I think that just put a lot of people were like ready to just like put a bad taste in Northwestern's mouth just like sock it to them and, and beat the crap out of them which I'm sure the the players were you know the coaches wanted to do that as well and I and I think just not getting that result it was just like damn it you know it's back to you know it's a it's a repeat of last year and I think it's just because it technically ended kind of the same way it did last year you know that game uh, against we were number one uh you know fresh number one or whatever it was and 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 lost you know in kind of the same fashion close nail biter where we just didn't pull it out at the end too so i, I think all those things play into that the, the the spotlight that is on purdue purdue is an elite team that just hasn't made that push yet in march they i don't think anybody can argue that they are not an elite team and i think that's just where the frustration is, is the expectations are just sky high um, and unfortunately, it's a it's a game played by humans that are full of mistakes and error that, you know, and flawed, you know, not nobody's perfect. Nobody's going to be perfect every game. So, you know, stuff like that's going to happen. So and it seems, like, you it guys seems said, like we're the team that it seems like Purdue's the team that everyone loves to hate now. I mean, it, like it it blew my mind to see the the Northwestern fans and, and the players flipping off Edie and, uh, you know, chanting DUI at Gillis. And I have like that to. Kind of uh, like I have to shout out the uh, the Northwestern fan. I think she's the girl that is part of Wild Chat on Big Banner. Uh, she said like this didn't age well, and it was literally just a score update stating that we are going into overtime. And it's like <laughs> yeah. it, it aged perfectly fine. We definitely still went into overtime. I guess what's so, more, I mean, it was like Ashley or something. It was just really funny. She's like didn't age well. I was like it was just a score update. But well, I mean, it, but you know, they were they were they were riding high. They were riding high. They were they were they were on top of the world that night, and and yeah. understandably so. They just beat Purdue. Everyone, yeah, who wouldn't be? They right? still got to come like, to back. What a good place to be. Yeah, what a good place to be. Freaking dog shit. But to uh <laughs> to, to bring up the second part of Cody's point, uh let's talk about Iowa. Yeah. What do we what do we think about Iowa? How very nice. What went like right? It. What yeah, what went right, what went wrong? We can talk about Lance Jones, we can talk about him throwing the ball Lance off. Lance Jones of, uh, is that dude, off man. Of that, off of that guy's back. I didn't uh, see that even until like the yeah. highlight came out the next day. Dude, Lance Jones, Jones is a stud. Yeah. He is having like, more fun right now playing college basketball than anybody on the team, than anybody he maybe looks in Division like he's One. Having a good time. Dude, yeah, that's he's why just like having a blast, down. man. He's having yeah. fun. I love so, it. So, uh, sorry, Frank. I, I think you talked before we went live that Purdue, you said, shot 26% from three. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, against, against Iowa, Iowa? No, yeah. uh, let's see. Oh, yes, yeah, uh, 26.3. 32. Oh, 32. Nope. Well, and I'm at five for 19, 26.3. Um, well, anyway, we talked, I, I think somebody mentioned like how it didn't feel like that, and I think it's because we did such a good job getting those offensive rebounds, so it wasn't like a miss and then change of possession, miss, change, it was like miss, rebound, miss, rebound, dish out to somebody else, bang, it, it hit it in. So, um, yeah, it uh, it was a it was a really fun game. Ed did a great job getting in position in the post. Um, I hope that that Perkins guy from Iowa. I hope he's got some eligibility left. Would love for him to come to Purdue next year if he's got some eligibility. He looked fast and shifty and very good. So uh, I'm 
probably gonna if I ever just catch Iowa on TV, I'll probably just watch him because he was just very good uh, as a point guard. So, uh, yeah, super fun game. We beat the shit out of him. So it was, a, it was a fun time. I mean, that we opened the second half, I think, with or maybe not second half, but we scored on like eleven straight possessions or something like that. Sixteen. Sixteen yeah. straight was, possessions. So from from the end of the second half in or the end of the first half into the second half, there was sixteen. And during that and, run, we had a points per possession at like two point one seven. Yeah. Russ, like, I'm, I'm seeing eight for twenty five from three. Are we looking at this? Are we looking at the same game? Uh <laughs> yeah, I just I just put in our private chat that I was looking at the stats Northwestern war. stat still. That's my stats like, I'm like, I'm sitting here like, okay, who's got it? Who's got stat it wrong? Fight, okay, stat sorry fight. But still, <laughs> you're good. you're shooting thirty two you're still shooting thirty two percent. You only out rebound Iowa by what, eight? And uh, what were the total rebounds? Yeah. It was yeah. only eight. God, it felt like a lot more than that. I know. Well, they start. Well, I think some remember, of that was the second half time. of the second. The second half of the second half, we were playing a no lot one of really like from our starting lineup. That's was, that's yeah, what I was going to so say. Like, you know, yeah. Colvin was like zero for four from three. Yeah, yeah. We had Morton was zero for four from the field. Yeah. First was one for three. Yeah. You look at our starters. Edie was nine for ten from the field. Seven to nine from the free throw line. Lance Jones was seven of eleven from the field. Fletch was five of ten. <laughs> TKR five and nine, like so. Yeah, our starters shot to, very, very well. But to have a thirty-four point lead at one point in that game, yeah. is is mind-boggling against one one of the best offenses in college basketball when it comes to points per game, and two against just any Big Ten opponent. I mean, we talked about the other day after the North, or I brought it up the other day after the Northwestern loss, that it's just kind of unheard of to see really big double-digit wins against conference opponents again because of familiarity and to have it get to that point it was just it was really mind-boggling to me and that's what i think the part i was the most impressed with was just what we were able to do we pretty much could do whatever we wanted that entire game well we took yeah. care of the ball too i mean and that was that was purdue's best turnover yeah. game in terms of not turning the ball over we had the lowest Eight. turnover percentage uh so we had 10 percent turnover percentage in that game so for context versus marquette we had 19 percent percentage uh northwestern was 18 so that wasn't even our worst game um first game of the season against sanford 17 percent turnover percentage uh last night against iowa 10 so really that that was our second second best was against um uh you know what i think is the craziest the craziest stat of this game is Iowa shot more free throws than Purdue did. They shot 17. Purdue only shot 16. That's insane. Wow. So far this year, just the way that things have played out. Um, and that, that shows you how well that they took care of the ball on the offensive side. They didn't have to go uh, to the foul. I mean, and Edie also got out of the game super early. He got those 25 points very quickly, very quickly. And uh, Dylan, I'm going to let you read this comment here uh, out loud. <laughs> what was she? What was it? I thought if the Boilers were going to win by a billion because it felt like Iowa didn't get off the bus. There we go. See, my prediction would have been right, which I mean, yeah, we didn't have. We all know I mean that for that serious way yeah. possible. Yeah, that. Uh, well, one thing. One thing I want to talk about is the the um, the three position. So Fletch has been starting at the three, um, and then we've been kind of rotating Morton, Colvin, Heidi. Uh, in there as well, but Colvin played two minutes against Northwestern, um, and Heidi played eighteen. Uh, so do do we 
do we feel like as a group, and we I guess we have to agree, agree as a group, but does it seem like Heidi is excelling over Miles Colvin? Yes. Right now? He's got a so full year in the program. Exactly. He's got a full year of offseason and being redshirted last year, too. So, yeah. Yeah. And keep in Not- mind, too, that Miles Colvin didn't play, like, he didn't like play like some big travel ball team, did he? He only like just did high school. <laughs> Uh, throughout his high school career, right? He didn't do a lot of travel ball. Is that correct? Uh, I remember seeing uh, a lot of throw in tournaments. I remember seeing through that stuff. Oh, I got you. I was going to say, never mind. I was going to say, maybe he just didn't have that. You know, he doesn't have that experience yet. But I've liked Miles Colvin from the minutes I've seen him have. Um, I've enjoyed it. But yeah, yeah he's, and- I, mean, I just, I, I feel like the game against Iowa, his shot looked weird. I don't know. Like his motion just too. looked choppy. I hope he's not trying to change something because it's obviously a proven body of work. You can't change to, things. Like, to me, just to oversimplify it, it looked like he was just forcing it. Like he wasn't shooting in rhythm. It was like it was like mm-hmm. coach told him, go in and get a few shots up. And so he just was chucking them up there instead of actually trying to get set, trying to get a rhythm shot off. Yeah. He was just trying to get some shots out. And that's not the best way to, to get back into a rhythm or get something started for sure. Well, and on, on the subject of that that position – um, there was another guy who looked like he was trying to find a shot last night, and that was Ethan Morton. Um, I don't know if any of you all saw the press conference. Uh, he seemed kind of down on himself um, because he, he he kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, he's always known that, you know, if it's needed, he can score. But he went over for 4 last night. Um, you know, he had uh, kind of just above the bre- a break three. He had a, a three on the wing, a three in the corner. And then basically one right at the restricted circle that he that should have gone in that he missed. Um, you know what 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 do we think about Ethan Morton so far? It's just a lot different than what the ideas were. I think for us as a group and maybe some of the fan base. Uh, and I know the fan base is pretty split on like what he should be doing as far as like playing wise. But it's, I think what he's done so far this year is pretty different than I think what we as a group have talked about and expected. Like you know there was talks of him running the point guard. You know he's an experienced point guard. There's there, that's that's not happening. Um, so it's just very different than what I think we expected or like what I've heard a lot in this group talk about with Ethan. Yeah. I mean, he has, he has run some point um, this season, but yeah, definitely not as much as, as, as what we thought. And uh, some numbers here, courtesy of CBB analytics.com uh, fantastic outfit here, but I'm not the biggest fan of on off numbers by any means. Um, but when you look at Purdue's offensive rating, it goes down 5.8 when he's on the floor. Uh, when you look at Purdue's defensive rating, it goes up 6.6 when he's on the floor. And so uh, for context, you want defense rating to be low. It's how many points you allow per 100 possessions. So I, I'm surprised really to see the defensive aspect. But there's there's also a lot of context missing there and that who's he on the floor with. Like, is he on the floor with Lance Jones a lot? Is he on the floor with Edie a lot? I don't know the answer to that question off the top of my head. My instincts tell me no. Um, but you know, he's, he, he, he brings the intangibles. Like he was rebounding hard last night. He was rebounding super hard. He had some insane assists, especially in transition. Um, but like, I, I still, I'm, I'm still an Ethan Morton fan. I know you, like you said, Damon, the fan base is kind of split, but I think the, probably the most interesting thing is he's only played a hundred minutes this season. Uh, you know, oh, wow. and Miles Colvin's played 95. And so let's see, where's Cam Heidi at on the season? Cam Heidi's at 116. So those three guys are basically splitting even time. So like one guy's going to get five minutes one night and then, you know, 15 or 20 minutes the next. And, you know, and that's how it's going to be. But what what a good scenario that Purdue's in to have a guy who has started over 30 games in his career coming off the bench and sometimes playing 
you know, five minutes in one night. That's just a crazy thing. But Ethan's also, also the, experienced enough that he's going to get it figured out. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Uh, is there any update on Gillis's injury? I think he just rolled his ankle. I, I think I saw him boiler in the stands, or somebody said that he just rolled his ankle. He's fine. Good. Okay. But I don't know. Hearts give it be. So viewer comment here oh, yeah. was just me or did Colvin look everywhere on his shots like he wasn't set for any of the shots? And Morton doesn't look like the same Morton from last year. I think yeah. so. Yeah. First, first thing on that, uh, Russ, you take it. Oh no, I was just going to talk about Morton. I was going to add some on him. Um, okay. Well, I'll, you- I'll I'll address the Colvin piece. It did look like he was. He wasn't playing in rhythm, as we said, and he was definitely looking for his own shot. Um, and and maybe that was a coaching thing. Maybe Painter said, "Hey, we got a thirty-point lead. Go in there and knock down some shots." Um, that doesn't seem like something Painter would do, but but who knows? But uh, Russ, what were you going to add about Morton? Yeah, so you know, Braden is playing a ton of minutes too. You got to remember that. So like Northwestern, he played forty-one of forty-five minutes. So you're not going to see whoever is playing backup point. You're not going to see them playing a whole lot of a point guard. And I'd also be interested to see, I want to get into some of the CBB analytics stuff and see where Morton is playing throughout the game because I feel like he's getting pushed all over the place. Like there's times where he is running the point for four or five minutes a game. And then he might be our two guy for four or five minutes a game. And then he might even be running some four or some three, you know, like so if he's all over the place and not playing one specific, you know, regular role and just being a Swiss Army guy, the stats aren't going to necessarily reflect the contribution he's bringing to the team and what he's doing. And who he's playing with, like you said, like if he's playing with not starters anymore, his numbers are going to look worse than what they did his freshman year or sophomore year when he was playing more with the starters in the first team than he is now. Yeah, and I uh, I think that um, I had a thought on Morton and it just went in one ear out the other. Um, I think it's hard too to just judge Morton just because he is playing limited. He's just playing less minutes. Like it's hard to get into a rhythm when you're not playing very long and maybe in the back of your head, you know that you're not going to be out there very long. So maybe that's, you know, playing into that as well. Um, I would like to know why he's not playing more at like the point guard. Is there like a, with, you know, uh, with Braden playing 41, you know, minutes a game or whatever he's averaging right now. Is there, is there a reason for that? Is that, is that like a, you know, lack of faith in the, the next man up in that position or what, uh, what would be the, then what's the, the reason for that? I think just Braden and Fletch and Edie are guys that you want in there for 30 to 35 minutes of the game because they're some of the best players in the Big Ten in the country. So I don't think it's a discount on on other guys. Like Painter's always said, too, that he has to explain to guys that he's not really taking you out of the game. He's putting somebody else back in the game. You know, So the minutes that you don't get aren't necessarily a reflection of the quality of the player you are. It's just we've got to get these other guys. We have a you know a plethora of riches. Like We, we have all these guys that have to, got to get the minutes. And if Braden and Fletch are going to give us a better chance to win, we want them on the floor more often. Um, also, to the Morton point and to playing point more and how he's playing, he had five assists on on Monday night, you know, where he actually Let's played go. 20 plus minutes. So, you know, I think it'd be interesting to see what his assist percentage is when he's playing as the point guard compared to what Braden is. I'm sure it's not as good as Braden, but I'm sure it's better than what people are are kind of saying he is right now. Yeah. Yeah, Braden's a very good player. Uh, it's hard to argue reason to to take him out for for very long. So yeah, that makes makes sense. Um, but we do play Alabama on Saturday in Canada, which will be a homecoming oh, for Canada. Oh, nope. for Zach Eady. Oh, say can you? <laughs> Shout out to all the Canadians. It's in Toronto, isn't it? 
It, yeah, it, it is in Toronto. It's in his his hometown. <laughs> actually, actually, that just reminded me, Dylan. Um, when I went, I recently went to Dallas and went to the Dallas Mavericks game. They played the Toronto Raptors. They did O Canada first, and then the the Star Spangled Banner because uh, the Toronto Ooh. Raptors were playing. Yeah, you them. saved the and best which I, for which, last. Well, I just thought that was an interesting decision in Texas of all states. Yeah, that's like, true. Oh, well, that's if, there's, if there's if there's one state where that might get a questionable reaction, it's probably Texas. No, I, I think it's understood throughout the NBA because of the Yeah, um, yeah. I mean it was good. There there, there was no negative reaction yeah. uh, at all, but uh, when as they started the singing O Canada, I was like, "Oh, okay. All right." As a guy who spent do... 4 years in hockey, I know O Canada by heart. Gross. There you go. Let's hear it. Yeah. Go. I only had to listen to it. Let's see there's 70 games in the or 60 games in a season four. I don't know math. I had to listen to it a lot. So you still are still not singing it though. That's the crazy well, part. Well, I'm not gonna no one wants to hear that. Oh, Please people, don't people's um, ears. But I, I did before before I know I moved this on to talking about Alabama, but before that, I thought this was funny. I put I posted this poll out um during the game. I think it was right after the first half on uh Monday, yeah, last night. And I said 45 to 24 after after the first half. What stood out to you? Shooting, rebounding, defense, or Fran McCaffrey? And uh, Fran McCaffrey won that vote, 31.9%. I do uh, have to say that might be a record for a technical for him. That was very quick. Uh, what a dumb, what a dumb thing to get a technical over to. Yeah, it, it was there was it was eight minutes into the game and it no, was a me. possession call. I mean, it yeah. just like I don't know. They didn't, like they we didn't have a huge we didn't have a huge lead or anything at that point. It just seemed like but a that's really the type dumb of thing you catal- That's a catalyst. Well, do we remember was the last season when Fran stepped out in like midcourt and just stared at a referee? For yeah, like maybe that's why we, we shot less free throws, Damon. Like they were afraid of Fran Con right. how bad Staring it could get to their I my the safety Mac Arena. You know, we got those uh engineers out there, but I don't know if they can beat Fran Con. Oh no. Uh, the Tuesday Boiler Brain Trust. Yeah. Thank uh, you, Nick. Thank you, Nick. See, Nick knows kind. what he's talking about. Frank's carrying that brain trust, but yeah, we're we're out here. Um, but yeah, so, I just thought that was uh, yeah, funny. Alabama. Um, hey, Alabama. Nick, who's your favorite? Yeah. Yeah, Nick, answer that <laughs> yeah, for Nick. us. Well, yeah. Tell us that. See, I mean, one thing or two things come to mind when I think about Alabama. I think about uh, speed and I think about like spreading you out. And like Alabama teams are, are really good at doing both of those things. So uh, in terms of possession length, they are third uh, in the country right now. 13.8 seconds per possession right now. Um, which is That's insane. kind of mind-boggling. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. And so, in terms Oop. of fast break points per game, they're averaging eighteen point two fast break points per game this season, which is in the ninety-eighth percentile. So that's uh, also something that how's our fast break concerned. defense? Uh, Purdue's like- Purdue's transition defense has been has been actually better. I was going to say, season. I feel like yeah. it's been a lot better. It seems like we've put more of a focus on locking up the ball and then flowing in behind it. If that makes sense. Yeah. And that's been uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it's been kind of like an un not talked about Achilles heel of Purdue the last few seasons, not has the been press, defense. but the not transition the press, defense. Yeah. yeah. Transition defense has been really bad. And like teams, some teams look to really kind of get out and exploit that uh, for that reason. But yeah, so that, that's like the main thing that sticks out when you look at Alabama on paper is that, you know, 18.2 fast break points per game is is scary. And so compare that to Purdue, we're averaging 6.6 fast break points per game. So 20, 20%. So one out of five shots. Got to let the big man get down the court. Break. Yeah. So um, I'm guessing you know, they're they, low, low post, like points in the paint's probably not very Nick, high. Nick, this is a family program. Okay. 
So let's yeah. watch the language and comments. Nick has please. a comment here. It says, boys. I'll skip holy the next words. Boys, holy shit. It looked like we finally, after decades, appeared how to break the Iowa press. And we did. I mean, and not only like did we break it, we broke it easily, too. Because but like, we've last also season, been able to break the press for years. Yeah, but like last season, like okay. last season, it didn't affect us early. But as the game went on and on and on and on, uh, you know, it started to get into us a little bit more. But it never seemed to it never seemed to do anything more than just slightly inconvenience us last night. So I this guess I guess sucks. my my thing with the press is like, yeah, we did a great job breaking the press. Robbie Hummel uh, highlighted that very much during the game. But I will say like, yes, there was a press, but like it and maybe it's just because they were breaking it so well, but it didn't look like it was like a much of an intense press if that makes sense like it mm -hmm. looked like no, it was they a press, but they it was like the, it was like the it was like the definition of a press like it was like oh yep that fe that fills that box but it, was it wasn't like they press. were like yeah token press yeah that's what it looked like no, to me you, they did a great right. job breaking the pro the token press but i would like to see like a you know balls to the wall uh, and i'm sure we're going to see that this year uh, but also at the same time i wonder if they were waiting for us to put it in a bad spot and then they were going to trap down on it like they were yeah, just I mean, kind of there until we got stuck in a corner and then went nuts. A lot of teams will show that kind of token press until Chris, what you just said. So you get in a bad spot and that's when they attack. So, but like, it was just like, it was like they were playing volleyball out there. Like you'd see Braden inbounded to Lance Jones who would like, like just tip it right, right over to Fletcher lawyer who would just tip it right back. I mean, it was like, it was, it, it was, it was too easy. I'm trying to see. Who's working the comments right now? What the hell? Yeah, I, I don't know who? what's going on. Who would do yeah. such a thing? So God, comment here. Can Bama, can Bama speed hurt them in the later stages of the game? Is that play in favor of the Boilers? Well, one thing that you know Purdue has going for them right now in this game is their depth. Right? That's a that's a huge thing that Purdue has going for. So that's that's one thing that, you know, with with the speed and the pace that Alabama likes to play at, um, you know, they're gonna tire themselves out. That being said, they are rotating. Who are they? How many are they rotating? Do you think One, we see more two. Lance Jones at the two and Cam Heidi at the three and Fletcher Lore maybe get a, a redu reduction in minutes um, just because of the speed? Um, yeah, I mean, there are all sorts of things. I, I think this is a game where we might see a lot more Caleb first for that reason. Okay. Um, you know, not that TKR is slow by any means, but he doesn't have the same kind of pop that um, that uh, Caleb first has. But, you know, they're mm -hmm. they're rotating 10 guys just like we are. Um, so sitting yeah. here looking at it, but you know, they've, they've returned Mark Sears. We know what he can do. Um, he's shooting 50% from three this season, which is terrifying. Uh, 144 offensive rate rating, which is pretty crazy. Um, and then they bring in, I believe he's a transfer Aaron Estrada from Hofstra who is playing out of his mind. He's shooting 44% from, from three, uh, six, three guard, um, super high, 20% uh, assist rate, 18% turnover rate. So he's doing well, taking care of the ball. But really, like the the thing that sticks out is uh, Nick Pringle. Don't really know what's going on with him, but he has been suspended from the team for the rest of the season for contract conduct detrimental to the team. Would you and, say that that uh, put a chip on his shoulder, Nick Pringle? Oh, Do you think he has a chip it. on his shoulder yeah. from that? Nailed it. Um, so Damon, Damon, according that. according to Synergy, according to Synergy, Iowa pressed Purdue twenty two times last night um, oh. to varying degrees. Yeah. <laughs> But like it's okay. like a lot a lot of those they just kind of showed the bodies waiting for us to do something and then you know we're gonna attack if we got if they got in position but they never really got in position there were a couple where they tried to trap at half trap at half court and 
Braden. But also maybe that's a a kudos to like Purdue's improvement on that. They're like, okay, these guys are going to break this if we if we try to go full. You know, do we want to risk just giving Zach Eady an easy dunk at the basket? You know, every single time, or do we just play like a light press? You know, so so maybe that's a kudos to to Purdue's improvement on that as well. You know, it's hard to I guess unless you ask Fran McCaffrey why they didn't press harder. But I mean, pressing on a third of possessions is pretty impressive since we had sixty nine of them. <laughs> and that's the that's the thing about you know last year's team is that Purdue had a higher if you press Purdue there was a higher chance that they scored than if you picked them up in the half court, um, which is which is a crazy crazy stat. So I don't know if that was something to do with looking at looking at our numbers from last season or or whatnot. But um, just a couple other interesting numbers here about Alabama. Um, they're currently second in Ken Palm in offense, um, but in defense they are seventy fifth. So their defense mm. is. Not fantastic. Again, like I said, they're super Which fast. Sure their offense was second. So okay, they, so they are like they a, are uh, a twenty twenty one Purdue right now. Is that what they're? Uh, or or just a clone of uh, a better version of of the team we saw last night, a better version okay. of Iowa. So a, a yeah. faster version of Iowa who's shooting the ball better and and taking care of the ball better. Um, I mean, so in terms of turnover percentage, they're sixteen point one, which is which is you know pretty good. Um, but they they are really good at spreading the floor. On offense, um, they practice really deep three. So they're really good at taking really deep threes. I wonder if I can figure out what their what their percentage shooting is on deep threes. But uh they they I practice Lance where I yeah, I'm talking I'm, I'm talking uh... Oh sorry, yeah, I'm, sorry, I'm, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm I'm talking about like Lance Jones level deep threes. It's something that they practice in order to to really spread their opponents out. So in terms of efficiency on deep threes where are they at this season i'm gonna figure it out uh so field goal percentage on deep threes uh they are 40 percent on deep threes this season as a team and deep threes meaning let's see how what's the actual distance more than 25 feet from the rim and they've taken 41 of them this season so they really, really like to spray, and they, and so they 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 practice in a way um, that if you hit a deep three beyond a certain, they they have like a four point line on their court. So if you hit a shot beyond that in practice, it counts for four points. Um, it's something that the um, the Toronto Raptors do in practice as well, um, and it's something that they that they do a lot of. So about nine percent of their shots are these these deep threes, so to speak. Thirty four percent of their shots are normal threes. Again, great, great stats provided by CBBanalytics.com. But yeah, that, so that's something that that scares me is that you know you have these guards that are just coming down the court really fast, chucking up these deep threes, Lance Jones style, and they're going in. Um, so that's not real. I don't really know how you guard that. So we just have to hope that we play with Nike balls and uh, that um, you know Bama just gets cold. Uh, but ultimately, this is going to be an exciting game. It's going to be a, a probably a high scoring game, probably a fast game. Purdue's picked up the pace well this season, but um, yeah, it's you know, a game that I'm I've... very excited just to see the um, atmosphere for Edie in his hometown. Well, I think Alabama has a player from Canada too, or Toronto. Yeah, he's not Florida. He's not he national player of the year. I thought he oh, transferred. He? Oh, I don't know. I thought I just remember that here being like a storyline in the off season. Um, but yeah, that's that is going to be cool to see. Yeah, and so in terms of their record, um, you know, they they did they have they did lose to Ohio State in what was an extremely high scoring and thrilling game. They lost ninety two eighty one. 
Uh, they do have win a win over 45th Ken Palm ranked Oregon, where they won 99-91. And they recently just lost to Clemson, 85-77. And Clemson just shot the lights out of the I mean, off the ball in that game. That was such a fun game to watch. Um, so they do have a, a couple uh, respectable losses. And, you know, like I said, their best wins over Ken Palm, 45th ranked Oregon. But I think big this difference. is a game that comes down. Go ahead, Russ. I was say big difference is Ohio State's ranked 59th in defense. And we're top 10. So I think this yeah. could look a lot like the Iowa Ooh. game where if, you know, if they don't get hot early, it, it could be, you know, ED homecoming, go off for 40. Yeah. And I'm um, that also makes me think this might be a Cam Heidi game too, because he has the speed, he has the quickness, and he can at least get a hand in someone's face if they do try to uh, uh, take these shots and transition like they've done this season so far. Interesting viewer comment here. Why do Alabama fans find and love at family reunions. <laughs> um, I don't know. I do want to see some uh, daily documentary of Alabama, Alabama fans that traveled to Canada for this game because it's got to be such a culture shock for Canadians to see all those mullets walk in, you know, <laughs> like and be like, "What is going on here? Why are they wearing jorts in the middle?" Oh, of the first of all, you think Alabama, Alabama fans are going to cross the border? That's a that's a bold assumption there. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> they don't they ain't want, want to leave but uh i do see State. and i don't know how much you can put into espn analytics i don't know what all goes into that but they do have us at a 69.3 nice. percent chance of winning nice nice um, yeah <laughs> Ken, nice. Ken Palm also has a better than number one <laughs> nice by the way, I was Ken just Palm. looking up uh ken palms uh at their website i was trying to look up northwestern's defense rating um but their website is so like Dude, it looks like it was made in 2002, and then he just like never tried to update it. It's very like plain Jane, very old school looking. Anyway, so you want to know you want to know Northwestern's defensive rating in Ken Palm? Yes, uh, 80th in Ken Palm. So they allow so adjusted... if Ohio State's is 45th, and they gave up how many points to Alabama? 90 or 81, and Northwestern's is what'd you say? Northwestern is 80th in defense. Okay. 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 I uh yeah, that's not yeah. Uh the the tracks aren't crossing the way I thought they were. Never mind. No, I, I don't uh, know what Southern Indiana ooh, math you're trying record. to do there, brother, but it is not mathing. Sorry, I'm too close to Bloomington. My brain's frying. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. Cody says it's going to be a sea of black and gold in Canada. I agree. And I agree. Is, I actually thought I actually thought about going. Well, it's uh, like going a game. like a ten hour drive. Purdue fans <clears throat> have traveled really well. I mean, you look at the Hawaii game. And oh yeah. Team, First of all, hold hold on a second. So Frank's gonna drive to Canada, but he couldn't even make it to Ross Aid this year. Are you kidding me? I was going to Sorry. fly to Canada. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Frank is now in. You probably fly to Ross Aid. You probably know somebody. Frank has a private jet. This is what the people don't know: is Frank's rich as shit, and has a private jet and can fly out wherever, whenever. People don't realize that Frank is a multimillionaire in the uh, analytics uh, world. Says the dude that owns like 15 horses and 20 businesses. Like, no, yeah, I don't own God. nothing. I'm some still still trying to take the uh, take the heat off of himself. If yeah, I had a private jet, I'd post about it. Literally, it's all from the time. my house, it's an eight-hour drive. Really? Yeah, probably closer. No, I was I was like that Virginia Tech drive I, again. Let's go. I was gonna fly, but I've uh, I've taken enough trips this year, so I'm. I'm done. I wonder if I just drags. quit uh, my job this weekend. Well, then the city would go to hell, wouldn't it? The city of yeah, West Lafayette right would never recover. 
What's but, uh, oh, this uh, this podcast has gone off the rails. Well, that's what Ooh. we're known for. It's kind of our thing. Dylan, most lucrative thing Dylan owns is the Coonsville Pro. Damn right. Comment from the I just top wanna, ropes. Even though, wanna, even yeah, though they which, ain't worth a damn. Yeah, I was to say, just so everybody knows, they're not even going to make the playoffs. So, just so shout knows. out to my team though. I haven't touched them at all this year, and they're not going to finish. Hey, last, so that's pretty cool. So I've, I kind of get finished that last. I think I won a game this past weekend too, which is crazy. I have like half the Dallas Cowboys roster on my team. I'm, the H list is really picking out the propainers. You hate to see it. Russ, yeah. off the top of your head, do we have Alabama ranked in our top twenty-five? Do you remember? Yeah, they're now number five. Um, I believe we dropped them out, but I'll check on that real quick. Give me I, I thought I, I thought so too, but Alabama, just looking at their schedule, they have a gauntlet I'm coming up. They have Purdue, boys. Creighton, and Arizona. They have Ken Palm number two, oh, number five, man. number three. Purdue three. also has a freaking gauntlet coming up. Yeah, we have them in Everyone 19 still. We've got them in there. Every, everyone's got a gauntlet. Yeah, Purdue plays Alabama and then Arizona. They play uh, Arizona get, and then and then we play Jacksonville. You guys, yeah. so let's I'm not lose the, the prize. I'm going to the Jacksonville game, I think. The, the one on the 21st. Oh, you got yeah. the beach house? Trevor Lawrence there? might not play for that game. He's hurt. So. <laughs> hey, can you we are talk such about a how clown shoe. That, that meme I sent in the group you. chat where it's like all the golf carts in Florida and they couldn't come up with one for Trevor Lawrence to get off the damn Hey, field. You know what? Michigan was mad at us however many years it was ago because uh, of our medical Marble. facilities. At least we probably have a golf cart at Somewhere. Ross 8 Stadium. All right. you know We got a little train we could haul you in. So Nick Nick Burris comment here. Purdue is going to win by like twenty Nick. and then beat Let's Arizona go. by eight to ten. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good time for uh for oh, score boy, predictions Nick. here. So yeah. so we can do we can do margin of victory or we can do final score. But I think final score is fun because Ugh, like this, this, this is a team that just scores super quick, right? So they're just gonna be putting up points left and right. Our next two opponents have that in common. Actually, Arizona does the same thing. Spoiler alert, but uh, I will go I'll first. Start. Okay. Ooh, or not. <laughs> I'll I'll go fight, fight. No, no, I'll start. I'll start. Because I said it first. I'm I'm Ooh. gonna go we said it at the same time. I'm gonna you go four eyed nerd. Watch the re- watch replay. Watch the tape. I'm gonna go Purdue eighty, Alabama seventy seven. As he's looking That's at college basketball analytics right now. Nope, no, just 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 looking at looking at the Google Doc here where we talk about yeah. what we're gonna talk about. That's all. Yeah. That that's my prediction. Dylan? Uh we're just, just going to go clockwise, Dylan. I'm going to do Purdue 75. Oh, Alabama. Whoa, whoa. wait a second. What is going on here? Yeah, you know, I'm you feeling sick? a little mature today. So I gave an actual score. Just kidding. Boilers by a billion. <laughs> I knew I knew it. I knew he wasn't coming. So we have a, a viewer comment. 78, 63. That was like Pat Purdue. McAfee level swerve right there. So it's Nick's, exactly Nick's, Nick's predicting that our, that our defense, uh, our defense shows up because what's, what is Alabama average on a on a per ninety four game? game? I think ninety four oh. per game. And so what? What was Iowa so like ninety? I was at ninety. Yeah, I was at ninety two. So yeah, as well. Could so, happen. Uh, I love this is this is the best right yes. here. Your comment here: Boilers by a damn billion, but realistically, Boilers seventy five, Rednecks fifty nine. I like that. I like I like these defensive predictions that Purdue's defense shows up. It's and also again, like. Love to know what kind of balls we're playing with. Even but. if I wanted to be serious, I can't now. <laughs> Even balls. if I want to give a legitimate score to the bit. <laughs> yeah, I said balls earlier, and Dylan nor Chris laughed. So I'm really just proud of you guys. That is- well, no, when you said balls to the wall, I, I laughed inside. I grinned. I was looking at Chris. Chris was that's progress, though. That's progress. Maturity, people. Maturity. Oh, standby. Yeah. We'll screw it up next week. Has yeah. everybody else given their scores at on me yet? What's going on? It's, nope. No uh, one cares, uh, right? Damon. No one's Damon. Damon. Damon's up next. Um, let's see here. 
Uh, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna go. It's uh, honestly, it's whatever team. What was this? What was that stat like last year? The reports like whatever team reaches 71st is gonna win the game. Is that like I, the thing for yeah. Purdue? Um, I remember that being a thing like last year, a couple years ago. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna say uh, we're gonna go Purdue 73, uh, Alabama 66. Another defensive. Uh, that would be me. Oh, Clockwise, Chris? dumbass. Sorry. I don't know things. Purdue, 92. Ooh. Damn. Alabama, 69. Nice. You, you so got to be just... shitting me, Chris. <laughs> I'm literally just in my brain. Right I was about to Alab- say 92-71. <laughs> Alabama leads the country in points per game at 94. And then oh, we're, we got predictions in the baby. Let's 60s. go, brothers. Yeah. Here, here's, here's a real question. Where can I get to the blitz board? Or sweet Boiler Express podcast T-shirt. In terms of a Boiler Express podcast T-shirt, that's a question that Dylan's going to have to answer. Yeah, in terms yeah. of Blitzboard, since he literally went to my local mall and had it done, like it, anybody well, can do it. Yeah, we, we, fans on, get a t-shirt. we might have to uh, work on some merch. Yeah, yeah. For both uh, people Nick, that want it, <laughs> Nick, Nick, we can we can send you the the logo as a uh, as a file, and you can go <laughs> do it yourself, Nick. That's yourself, what we're saying. Dude. Nerd. I saw I, I saw some pictures of I saw some pictures of Tippy Canoe Mall. The place is a it's ghost not town. good. Didn't didn't realize that. That was kind of so sad. To most see. malls are the Dayton Mall in my area. Oh my god, it's the wild wild west out in those streets. Anyway, all right, Russ, what's your prediction? That's how I try to get there, but Dylan's talking about malls or whatever. Um, hey, malls, but uh, Russ, please, <laughs> I'll tighten it up a little bit compared to Chris. So I can put a little distance between us. Um, but I'm in the same ballpark. I'm going to say 88 to 73 Purdue, but I'm also going to say it's similar to Iowa in that we might get up over 20 or more, and then we start pulling some dudes, and because they can hit the long ball, they'll end up tightening that spread, you know, from maybe mid-20s down to about, you know, the teens or so. Okay, I like, I like it. it. All right. Rock on. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here for the night, folks. We actually are uh, finishing around the hour mark, so kudos Weird. to everybody. Hey, we look at us. Huh? Together. Yeah. We're, well, uh, we're, we're not trying to cover thing. two sports at a time. I think it works out very well. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's speak, talk transfer portal. We haven't talked about transfer portal. No, that's another yeah. day, Frank. Well, I was going to mention two other sports things. One, Purdue Volleyball in the Sweet 16. So yes. awesome for them. Heck yes. Two, shout out Aiden O'Connell getting another W this last weekend. Nice hat there, Dylan. Yep. Out there that's, for, uh, that's for AOC and our man Stu. Yeah, go check out our buddy Stu and his Raiders pods. If you're oh, and then the hockey team, team killed Illinois. Nice. So shout out to the hockey yeah. boys. Beat them in overtime. I, by Colby, I'm yeah. friends with them. I sent them a text message, and I said, hell of a win, boys. And they're like, thank you. And I said, Wrestling is taking uh, off here. Oh, yeah. So CM people... Punk returned to the WWE. That's still. No, like no, actual honestly, wrestling, think, not the fake was... crap. I think that that's why Northwestern won. They're Chicago-based team. CM Punk's from Chicago. It happened around the same time. It makes sense. So Also, people don't realize how impressive that Purdue hockey win is because Purdue hockey is a club team. And yeah. Illinois is a D1 program, like a scholarship. And they beat program. them by, well, no, they beat them in overtime, and then lost to them four to two, I think. Yeah, but the victory was that's yeah, you're total. I forgot. Wait, to how do you up. how do you beat somebody in overtime and then lose to them? Yeah, I was really confused by uh, that too. sports. The yeah. two different games, I think they had a doubleheader. Oh, okay, okay. yeah, like, yeah. That's the that that that's the part we were missing there. Two different gotcha. games. Gotcha. I like how yeah. we were like, all right, we're gonna end the show, and everybody's like, no, and just keeps yeah. talking about it. Shout out to the women's basketball team. He's killing it from Cody. Yeah. Uh, that that's. Does anyone know what their record is off the top of my head? Uh, I don't. Not off the top, top of your head. head. I have no idea what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah. um, 
I yeah, can't I'm put looking, my brain looking in your brain. Here. My brain could fit in your yeah. brain. That's how funny my brain is. But Damon, how's I things? Let's uh, let's just keep uh, talking so they can five and three. Three women's basketball. Yeah, so uh, the Royal Rumble looks like it's going to be a pretty good show. Um, you know, CM Punk's going to start feuding with Seth Rollins here soon. That's going into WrestleMania season. Which and is, that's talking uh, wrestling. Looking... Ooh, the Columbus Crew are going to MLS Cup. If we're talking about personal interests, Florida uh, State should be in the playoff. And that was talking soccer. They should. I feel bad for them. That really you know, was Russell, the press what? conference with uh, Kirby and FSG's coach, and they're both just incredibly pissed off. Oh. I say Florida State literally shows up to their bowl game, gets ready to go out in the field, and then just turns around and goes back to the locker room. <laughs> but I will say all this just, all this aside, they better beat or at least play Georgia very well, or all this is gonna be like, see, yeah, you uh it well didn't the problem is is that most of the good players for both teams aren't gonna play because Ex- it's not CFP. Yeah, exactly. Good. And look at TCU oh, last year, yeah. right? TCU beat Michigan, but they got demolished by Georgia. So they, did they not belong in the playoff because of that score? So yeah, yeah, I think Purdue should have been in the playoff then. They got beat by LSU, but like Shit, man. Yeah, right. Hey, Louisville lost. All right, we gotta wrap this up. Why? <laughs> All right, folks, we are actually gonna wrap it up this time. Uh, let's beat Alabama this weekend. Purdue bounced Wait, back. Had a good game against Iowa. Uh, we're gonna continue to hopefully right the ship. Um, it's gonna be a long season, uh, so be ready for the ups and downs. There's gonna be some there. We're not gonna go undefeated, as 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 uh, you know, found out by last week's game. Um, love you guys. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Love Pull you up. guys. Pull up. Love you.